0: Good morning. This is Scott Colborn with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. And it's great to be with you, whether you're at the workplace or just kicking around home. Isn't that right, Jim? Yes, it is. Good morning. Speaking of which, how's your week been?
1: Pretty good. Survived another week, short week, three days. So. This
0: is our lead up to um, New Year's. Yes, it is. Uh, our last show of... 2018. Time flies when you're having fun. That's right. Yeah. Have you tried the coffee yet? Not yet.
1: I'm about to. It smells wonderful.
0: Why don't you say something? I'll sit. I'll, I'll,
1: I'll say something while you take a sip on this cold morning.
0: Okay. Now your turn. My turn. Oh. Okay. That was that was good, by the way. This is some Ooh, coffee yes. my my daughter gave me. It claims to be organic. And uh, I uh, overflowed the coffee pot. Did you really? <laughs> Luckily, I had a little bit of extra time this morning because <laughs> I came out in the kitchen, and I saw that the pot was full, then I looked and it had dripped down to the floor. Oh and my gosh. So we had quite a mess. But yeah, I hate when that happens. I have a coffee-sanitized kitchen floor now, so. Well, your floor will be awake. That's right. Yeah. Go Juice. Okay. Go juice. Folks, we're, we're grateful to have you out there listening no matter uh, where you are, if you're at the workplace or kicking around home. And a special thank you to my buddy Lon, who's out there. And let's talk with, uh... that's interesting.
1: Yeah, that's not me.
0: Okay. Let's talk with Charlene with the Capital Humane Society. And uh, this is a segment of the program called Pet Talk. Charlene, this is our last Pet Talk of 2018.
2: I can't believe it. It does go so fast.
0: hmm Yes, we've got really cold weather in Lincoln, so how about some cold weather tips for pets?
2: It's true. It is cold out there. So it's important to remember that our pets can get cold too. Uh, They can get frostbite, uh, hypothermia. So it's really important uh, that they are warm too. So if you are cold outside, your pet probably is as well. So keep the walk shorter. If you're taking your dog for a walk, uh, you want to wipe off that salt from his paws when you return so they don't crack and get sore. Um, You can consider getting a a pet-friendly de-icer so that it doesn't hurt your animals. Um, and we do have great tips on our website, too, at CapitalHumaneSociety.org about um, proper care during the cold weather.
0: This is Charlene in the uh, Capital Humane Society and a Pet Talk. So make sure that if, if it's cold outside for you, it's also cold outside for your pets. And uh, we appreciate you taking care of yourselves and your pets. Okay, what's, uh, what's going on at the Capital Humane Society?
2: We've got a lot of great cats and some great dogs, um, several rabbits looking for homes. So we hope that people will come to our Pylock Pet Adoption Center and check out these wonderful animals and see if one is right for their family.
1: weekend for you. Anything special going on this weekend or this week?
2: Uh, we have, well, we will we have some special hours So um, due to the holiday, so we will be closing mm-hmm. early on Monday, and we will be closed on New Year's Day, um, and then we do have some information on our website about um, considering making an end-of-year gift, um, and then coming up on January uh, 15th, there's going to be a dine-in fundraiser night at Dawn and Millie's. So again, checking out our website and um, flipping through those first couple of uh, pictures will help you get a good idea of some of the things going on.
1: Do you ever worry that when you come back in after the holiday, the animals have just had a wild New Year's Eve party?
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's possible, yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, hopefully they'll all be safe and warm and, and sleeping well in their temporary homes while you guys are enjoying the holiday.
2: Right, and hopefully many will be celebrating in a new home.
0: Mm-hmm. Cats and kittens for adoption.
2: So we'll start with cats and kittens. We have Baxter as our first cat. He's Baxter. 12 years young, a neutered male, a very handsome, buff, tabby cat, big and uh, ready to be adopted. The picture is of him oh, kind of yeah. hiding in his cubby there. But he does come out and stretches and rolls and reaches for you. So he is um, looking for a family that will give him lots of gentle head rubs and a loving home.
1: Oh, that's a beautiful coloring. And it looks like he would be easy to see in the dark, too.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Is the cat today.
0: Baxter is the cat today, huh? Yeah. Hey, Baxter, how you doing? Huh? Good looking guy. Who's going to join you?
2: Leonardo is next. (laughs) Great name for a great cat. He's about a year old and he has long fur. Um, He's also a bigger cat, very handsome, ready to find a home with people who want to have some fun, just like he likes to, and then curl up and snuggle and watch a little TV together.
1: It looks like he's sleeping off a holiday party. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. Another beautiful kitty for us today. That's great.
2: I'm having a little trouble hearing Scott this morning.
1: Okay, yeah, we're uh, we're having some technical difficulties here, but bear with us. We're working through it. Uh, okay. So, so I've got the microphone for a while. Yay. Yay,
2: okay. <laughs> well, I could talk about Moo, our third cat. Sure. And Moomoo is one of the most playful cats I have ever met, Uh, a neutered male, eight months old, uh, mostly white with a couple little black spots, and just goes and goes and goes. Everything is a toy, and life is an adventure. (laughs) So if you're looking for an entertaining little (laughs) companion, you'll want to ask about young little Moomoo.
1: And that's Moomoo spelled M-O-O.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> uh, she's another cat that looks like a gateway computer box a little, a little bit, so <laughs> there you go. If you're into that kind of look, this is the cat for you.
0: So who picks the names for some of these?
2: Who's? Who? Um, if they come in with a name, we'll often keep that name, um, otherwise our office staff gets the opportunity to choose names, and they do a really good job. <laughs>
1: Yeah, who was it was saying the other morning that uh, uh, most dogs, and I'm sure this is true for cats, too. A lot of them think that their name is No.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we've got uh, Baxter, Leonardo, and Moo Moo.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And ours open again this weekend.
2: We will be open Saturday and Sunday at our Pylock Pet Adoption Center from 11 to 530.
0: Okay, Scott Colborne with Jim Shorty. And uh, this is Charlene with the Capital Humane Society. Now we go to dogs for adoption.
2: We have Ella and Hugh. And they are tiny, very shy chihuahuas, (laughs) a year old, just the littlest, sweetest things. They're, they're dogs that you definitely want to plan to carry (laughs) rather than walk very much. Um, They're very bonded, so they are Mm. looking to be adopted um, together so that they can continue their friendship. Um, And they are just terribly shy, so they are looking for a calm, quiet home without children. But we know they'll be just perfect for someone. What a
1: cute pair. Yes. Ella and and Hugh. And again, compliments to the photographer. That's a a fun picture.
2: Yes. Big ears and a Mm -hmm. happy face.
0: Okay, this is CapitalHumaneSociety.org. If you want to follow along at home and have the fun that we're having, CapitalHumaneSociety.org, Ella and Hugh... And who's next?
2: We'll talk about baby girls. She's been waiting for a home for quite a while, so maybe this will be her happy new year. She's about two years old, a pit bull mix, Uh, She does have some restrictions, so she is looking for a special, experienced owner who can work with her and bring out the best in her, Uh, but the staff here, we just love her, and we know she has a lot of really great qualities, and she knows sit and lay down. She walks nice on a leash, so uh, if you're looking for a dog, consider Baby Girl.
0: Uh, What a great dog. Uh, We'd love to hear from you folks. Somebody out there, it's the right home for Baby Girl. Mm -hmm. We sure hope you connect this weekend. Okay, we've got Ella and Hugh, Baby Girl, and
2: Cha-Cha. And Cha-Cha, we may have talked about last week, she's a really cute terrier. Two years old, a spayed female. She can be a little bit nervous, kind of jumpy when she first meets people, not sure what to make of things. But then she's just silly and fun once she gets to know you. Um, So she can be reserved and she is looking for a home without children for that reason. But again, we know that there is a great family out there that's just really going to appreciate all the intelligence that she brings to a home.
1: Well, look at those skinny legs. <laughs> uh, this looks like a dog that you'd see on TV, you know. Yes. Is, yeah,
2: in
3: a yeah. starring role. This is my, my little
0: dog, Toto. Oh, my little uh-huh. dog, Cha-Cha. There you go. I, I've got some friends, Jim and Charlene, that love to dance. This would be a perfect dog. Yeah. Let's go Cha-Cha with Cha-Cha. cha-cha. Yeah. Come on, Cha-Cha. <laughs> okay, we've got three, uh, actually four dogs. We've got the, the duo, Ella and Hugh, Baby Girl, And Cha-Cha, hours open today and tomorrow.
2: Our Pylock Pet Adoption Center will be open on Saturday and Sunday from 11 to 5.30.
0: Okay, Charlene, thanks so much for our relationship, and thanks for being out
2: there. Thank you for all you do. You have a very happy new year.
0: Thank you. You as well. Okay, that's Charlene with the Capital Humane Society. The website's easy to find, capitalhumanesociety.org. And uh, they come our way every Saturday morning, the opening segment for Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Yep, we're getting some mic buzz yeah, we here. we are. And uh, I'm not sure, Jim, if it's... There it is. Yeah, there it is.
1: You're not hearing things, folks.
0: When, yes, I, when, yeah. I, when I talk, that carrier signal appears to override that mm-hmm. buzz. And when I don't talk, <laughs> the buzz is back.
1: Well, we know that the noise gate in the processor is working, at least.
0: Boy, you know what? Back in the old days, I used to really appreciate a buzz, but anymore, I don't. I don't, I don't like a buzz, except except the coffee buzz or organic coffee that's good that's called go juice so you're not a total buzz kill no uh so any quick fixes jim the engineer uh, that you I'm might just, think about the <laughs> the buzz oh, here. uh no
1: i'm uh, i'm not at all familiar with the wiring in here my uh engineering days are, are long over long past
0: what was the no time for sergeants andy Griffiths solution Spit in the microphone. <laughs> and then whop it with your hand and yeah. hello.
1: Oh, I saw that movie not too long ago. It's pretty funny. It is great. It is hilarious.
0: Okay, I'm just gonna be quiet just for a couple of seconds and we'll see if the buzz comes back.
1: There it is. <laughs> Jeez God. Our special guest this weekend, Buzz. <laughs> yes.
0: Actually, yeah, this is a this is the fifth Saturday of the month, so we don't have a, a middle segment guest. We don't. Jim, it's just you and I us. and the, the thermos here.
1: Can we handle the strain?
0: Uh, let's talk about the new year coming up. Okay. Our special guest that we're going to have on in about uh, 15 minutes is Carol Fleet. And the theme this this program is A New Year, A New You. We'll also talk about coping with the holidays. For some people, it's a wonderful time of the year. Other folks, uh, it's a hard time to get through because of all sorts of things. So we'll talk about that. A new year, a new year also is about setting uh, resolutions that are uh, realistic, that are appropriate, uh, and that really work. I mean, um, I would, I have no interest at all in skydiving. So, for example, I yeah. wouldn't, I wouldn't say, okay, I'm going to skydive in 2019. You wouldn't jump out of a perfectly good airplane. I have friends that do that. Uh, God bless them. Many happy returns and and good landings, but Mm -hmm. no, I have no interest. Uh, So there's a lot of things that we don't want to do that we shouldn't set as our, you know, as our, uh, as our resolutions. So we'll talk with Carol Fleet. She's the expert. And uh, a new year, a new you. Looking back over 2018, we've had uh, a number of great programs. We have. And uh, this is sort of a little bit of a commercial for the show here, virtually all the, there's that buzz again, virtually all these guests, Jim, we call using a prepaid phone card. And the reason why we do that is because we want to take that financial burden off of KZUM. Mm-hmm. And so therefore they don't have uh, any, any long distance phone calls from the show. Well, that means we've got to have prepaid phone cards. And Typically, we've looked to the audience uh, over the years to donate those. Uh, We are extremely in short supply as we speak. And uh, I think uh, we're not quite scraping the bottom of the barrel, but we're, we're pretty close. And so if you'd like to donate a prepaid phone card, a brand that we use a lot, that we've got a lot of familiarity with, that's actually a good purchase for you as well, is Zaptel. Z-A-P-T-E-L, and of course, uh, uh, this is not a commercial for their company, but uh, that's what we use for the program here, and it's easy to to find, and you can send me the information via uh, an email, and therefore I can uh, use that phone card and call our guests around Mm -hmm. the world. So we like Extreme Talk USA and Extreme Talk International. Probably the best bet would be Extreme Talk USA because we have more USA guests. Occasionally, we've got some international guests. We've, I think we've got that covered temporarily. So if you'd like to do a year-end sort of a, a uh, not a get-well-soon thing, but uh, a <laughs> help your friends at EUP, uh, that would be a great thing. And one of the, I'm going to move over here, Jim, because I'm kind of tired of leaning into this microphone. There we go. So one of the things that, that people also enjoy when they give us a prepaid phone card is they're also helping other people, thousands and thousands of people, mm-hmm. hear the program, both live and through the archive. And so that gift goes a long, long way. It ways. does,
1: literally and figuratively.
0: So we'd love to hear that. Um, we'd also love to have any year-end gifts to nonprofit non-commercial, KZUM. Uh, KZUM Radio is an independent radio station, <clears throat> and they don't get state dollars. They're not the state radio station. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get any funds from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, we have to qualify every year. And uh, the first year they did this, we, we looked at each other and said, What? Raise 300000 We've never done that before, Well, we did. We sure did. Because of the generosity
1: of our listeners. We here at KZUM have the best listeners in the world. Yes. We do.
0: Um, the Exploring Unexplained Phenomena program, we can boast, because it's the truth, that it's the longest-running paranormal talk radio program in the world. And some of our listeners out there can actually go back to almost that first year mm-hmm. of broadcast. They've been with us that long, so... We'd love to have year-end gifts to KZUM Radio, and it's interesting. It's so so easy. Go to KZUM.org, and you'll see a donate button right there. Yeah. And you can do it, bingo, and get that done. So the Zap telephone cards for the show, and then overall KZUM Radio, those donations would really, really be appreciated. There's that. <laughs> See, can, you just have to keep talking, <laughs> <laughs> or just take my mic down when I'm taking a breath here, huh? I'm yeah. gonna reach.
1: That's over, a lot of work. Grab my coffee here. So it doesn't do it when I stop talking. Just when you stop talking. Oh, there it is. You're pointing at me, so I, I yeah, guess.
0: because I'm hearing yeah, that yeah. when you talk. The noise gate kicks out that buzz. Mm-hmm. So the secret is, you and I have to we, keep talking. We have talking. to keep talking. No, and I've switched microphones well, and now. And this,
1: this is radio, so we probably
0: should be talking anyway, right? Mm, yes. Yeah. We have the we have intelligent pauses. On our yeah. show, we don't have to have the commercial AM banter that. Is the guy that is so wound up that you can imagine how he is with his wife and kids at home. (laughs) You know, the carnival Uh, barker. Nope, we don't want that. Or
1: or the morning show hosts that tell jokes that aren't that funny, you know. I Mm -hmm. mean,
0: (laughs) face it. Come on, folks. So, yeah, we do have, uh, at times, intelligent conversation. Sometimes. This is a program that um, I don't know. The descriptor I wouldn't use would be down home. But it's relaxed, it's laid back, it's conversational. Um, one of the hallmarks that, that I like, Jim, is the fact that uh, this is entirely natural. Mm-hmm. We're you like know? the guy next door. Well, we're exactly yeah. the same as when we talk to people on the street. Sure. We don't have a, an alter ego that we jump into. So we've had great programs through 2018. I feel blessed uh, to be at the helm here. With my buddy Jim, and and at times Colleen comes to help us, and you guys and gals out there, I'm I'm blessed and grateful for our relationship. So we're gonna continue for uh, quite a while, maybe another 34 years. Boy, wouldn't that be something? Yeah. To set a, a Guinness World Book of Record for 68 years for the show running, that would be great. Very very yearwitties. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, come on up next week. We've got Patty Conklin, mm-hmm. and she's our first show of the new year. She's written a book called God Within, The Day God's Train Stopped. Now, Patty is probably not listening to us right now because you know where she's at? No, where she, is she? She is on a cruise. Oh, awesome. And um, yeah. when I checked in with her yesterday with her Facebook page, they had gone from, get ready for this, 15-foot swells to 30-foot swells. So she said it's not appropriate to walk. I would say so. And so I thought to myself, well, people on that ship, they've got to eat. You can imagine what the galley looks like Mm -hmm. with those guys and gals down there trying to prepare food with that. I mean, it's a huge, it's just absolutely, it's like two or three city blocks Mm-hmm. But it still is going to be subject to the roll of the, of the ocean. And Rock it's going and to roll, have, yeah. It's going to have a lot of yin and yang and pitch. and So she's going to join us. The plan is that she will be either at port or near a port. Uh, we don't want to have her use the ship to shore oh, no. phone line because you know what that is? That's something like $16 a minute.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a uh, cash flow for the cruise company. I'm oh sure. my goodness! Yeah. So
0: we're gonna try to hook up uh, as she's near port with the cell phone, and mm-hmm. we'll talk to her next week. So, and she always has uh, interesting, interesting stuff. She's the medical intuitive in the modern tradition of Edgar Casey, who can literally talk to people that are thousands of miles away and tap into their um, energy. Their a character, who they are. And if there's something going on, she can let them know and give them some really good, safe things to do to start to obtain optimum health mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. So she is incredible. She is the real deal, and she's with us next week. Robert Moss is January 12th. Mysterious realities. Mm. I already like this. A Dream Traveler's Tales from the imaginal realm. That sounds great. Peter James Haviland, another first-time guest, is on the 19th. He's a private investigator and advanced certified clinical hypnotherapist with 33 years in the business of parapsychology and forensic hypnosis. And to round out January, we've got Dave Sphinx, West Virginia Bigfoot. Ah. Uh. Bigfoot in the winter. I, I talked with a lot of people back in October, and I brought up the Bigfoot stories that I've collected mm-hmm. here in and around Lincoln. And, you know, I've said that uh, the Nebraska offensive line has needed help, so we ought to just invite some of these big guys to walk on. And, uh, you know, they would be so powerful that they could hold down any part of that line. And besides their, their height and strength, their incredible body odor. I mean, who would want to <laughs> run at them? You'd get within about five yards and say, Whoa, my goodness. And you'd try to, you know, avoid them. So uh, we had, I'm going back to February of 2018, we had an interesting Bigfoot report from uh, way northeast Lincoln on uh, that would be 84th Street. Uh, almost a Waverly Road. Hmm, that'll be uh, out near where I work. Clear, clear out there. Clear out there. Yeah. Um, it was a snowstorm, and the guy was driving very carefully. A, um, I don't know what you call a multiple group of deer. Um, mm-hmm. covey, flock, herd, herd. Yeah, we'll just say herd. A herd of deer ran across the road. And so he slammed on the brakes to avoid hitting Mm -hmm. the deer and partially went off onto the shoulder, but he got control of the car. And he watched these deer run down into a field. This is during a snowstorm. They ran toward a grove of trees. And then suddenly, like one of the penny arcade games or a pinball machine as a group, they did a right angle turn and ran hard from those trees. And then he saw a dark shape that came leaping out of the trees running after them wow well besides jim the buzz now we have (laughs) (laughs) the garage door
1: is that a garage door i I don't know it's uh it sounds like it's coming from that area
0: yeah it almost sounds like a chainsaw we
1: have a a basement with uh parking in it and uh, there's a garage door right underneath us that uh, gets kind of noisy sometimes
0: So I've got also a friend on Facebook this morning that um, posted a a really interesting story, and I'm looking forward to talking with her about this. Mm -hmm. She lives down in the Florida area and was driving apparently on a street and approached a a guy that was jogging in the bike lane. And as she got closer, all of a sudden her radio cut out, and she heard a feminine voice say um, something like, Is that him? Yeah, it's him. Hmm. And it really kind of spooked her. So I'm going to try to talk with her more today and find yeah. out. Maybe I can report next week. Report next year. Next year. <laughs> <laughs> hey, should I take... Well, I'm going to take the bottom of the hour Let's break. Let's do here. that. And uh, <laughs> we have the buzz. We have the, the chainsaw going. Interesting I mean, way to end the year, don't you think? What, what else no, we shouldn't say what else, because no. there is a what else. We be don't careful what you ask for. <laughs> okay. we, are, we are still on the air. We think. We think. Okay, Scott Colborne with Jim Shorty and you guys and gals out there. We are exploring unexplained phenomena. And uh, if you'll stay tuned, we will be right back after this.
1: Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM
4: HD. Support for KZUM comes from the Nebraska Recycling Council, helping to protect the natural environment and extend the life of our landfill, reminding Lincoln and Lancaster County that corrugated cardboard will not be accepted at the landfill. For more on recycling services and area drop-off sites, nrcne.org or 402 436 2384 my name is manny morales i'm 45 and i coach youth football it's still hard to believe because the high school me was a work in progress but big brothers big sisters give me a real role model and the young me neither a role model bad my bigger brother's name is ray and ray is the reason that this seven-year-old grows up to be a role model himself
1: Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council.
5: Far from the din of commercial culture and just this side of the abstract is a place I call Mesoterra. I'm Vic Valverde, your tour guide for an eclectic musical excursion on a program called Mesoterra. Saturdays, 12 noon, until one thirty, right here on KZUM.
2: This program
0: is made possible in part by a grant from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Once upon a time, there was a train called the Exposition Flyer. That train's been gone since 1949,
4: but there's a show that's been running on KZUM for several years. On board, you'll find the greats of folk music, Woody Guthrie, Bob Dylan, Leadbelly, Dave Van Ronk, Utah Phillips, Joan Baez, Judy Hanske, folks past and present, and with live local
0: folks now and then. So make your reservation, catch the Exposition Flyer on your community radio, KZUM, Thursdays, 7 p.m. to 8.30. Rolling into the Prairie
5: State, this old rock, she's running late. Rock Island, Moline, East Moline, which
4: is...
0: born with exploring unexplained phenomena i'm back with the other microphone now so i don't have to bend over the the console here and i'm going to just say howdy and then i'm going to be quiet here yep and there's the buzz again so i've just got to keep talking jim or i have to just keep talking yeah we'll tag team (laughs) your turn Hey, I know, I know whose turn it is. We've got a great guest with us, and we have the chainsaw <laughs> going in <to> the back. <laughs> We're not going to say what else can happen because there is a what else. So uh, our special guest is Carol Fleet. She's the author of the brand-new book, Loss is a Four-Letter Word, a Bereavement Boot Camp for the Widowed. In previous books, When Bad Things Happen to Good Women, Getting You or Someone You Love Through the Toughest Times, Happily Even After, A Guide to Getting Through and Beyond the Grief of Widowhood, and Widows Wear Stilettos, A Practical and Emotional Guide for the Young Widow. And she is a dynamic speaker. Uh, She's uplifting, and it's always fun to talk to Carol Fleet. And let's give her a welcome. Hi, Carol. Good morning to you.
3: Good morning to you, Scott, and to Jim, too. Good morning.
0: And what part of the world, Carol, do we find you in?
3: I come to you from very sunny but not so warm Southern California.
0: Not so warm, Not huh? so warm. Hey, let's, it is
3: not so
1: warm. I know uh, you Nebraskans are going to start
3: giving me a hard time right now. Yeah,
1: let's talk.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think my thermometer said 16 when I left the house today.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I well, took
3: will probably say 60 before the day is done.
0: I'll take some of that. I took, my, uh, <laughs> I took my dog for a walk late last night, and it was 10 degrees with a windshield of minus 3. So we, we walked quickly, and we didn't walk far. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was brisk. It was a brisk walk.
0: So I sort of set the stage for us, Carol, uh, in terms of uh, a new year, a new you, by talking about um, practical things that we can focus on that are attainable, that are realistic, and not something that we don't necessarily want to do, or something that we really can't do. For example, I've uh, said, you know, I've got friends that happily, joyfully jump out of airplanes and and parachuting things, and I have no interest at all in doing that, so <laughs> that, that won't be in my, my list for 2019. Um, but So how does one go about, if they're going to make any sort of uh, a list, how does one go about doing that?
3: Well, first well, and and by the way, as an aside, I join you with the whole jumping out of a plane thing. Um, it's a miracle to even get me on an airplane in the first place. Why would I want to jump out of it? Uh, I, I'm not that person either. You know, this is the time of year when we're all getting pelted with the, it it, it seems like endless ads and commercials that are all designed. They're going to help you start the new year. Right. And it's all the same worn out, been there, tried it, gave it up stuff. It's, you know, eat less, work out more, quit this, start that, spend less, save more, Get out of debt forever, but first got to go hit that one-day sale that happens every week. It's the same thing. And like you said, we tend to set the unattainable or the untenable or something that – we're almost setting ourselves up for failure. The great thing about the new year is that it gives all of us a psychological clean slate, and it also gives us the opportunity – to examine the impact that the last year has had on us, particularly if you suffered any kind of loss or life adversity. And when I say New Year, New You, that just means that if you don't like where you are right now and you don't like where you are on your healing journey, whatever you're healing from, now is the time to resolve to take control of that healing journey. And there's there's a lot of different ways that you can you can do that that don't involve losing 30 pounds in 5 days. Which sounds <laughs> good to me actually. But <laughs> but again, it's it's the it's what you're going to do for yourself that is actually achievable and can actually make you feel better and make you look forward to the new year instead of dreading the new year. Mhm.
0: Um, resolution number one, acknowledge that I am still here. Mm -hmm. And that that means that you may have gone through stuff that has taken you up, down and sideways and really altered what you thought was your, your goal and your life plans. Uh, But you have made it through and here you are.
3: Exactly. Although you've been through what may very well have been a devastating, absolutely life-altering, core-shaking event, it is because you're still here that makes you entitled to a life that's filled with abundance and happiness, regardless of when you suffered your loss, your challenge, your life adversity. You don't have to wait any specific amount of time to begin or pursue or further or broaden your healing journey. And because you don't have to wait any specific amount of time, you won't, you're not going to feel guilty and you're not going to doubt or question the way you're pursuing a life filled with peace mm-hmm. and with happiness. Mm-hmm. Most important resolution is to start out by acknowledging the fact that you've gotten through it or you are getting through it, whatever your it happens to be.
0: Resolution number two: Realize and understanding that my healing journey is indeed mine. And Carol, we could do program after program just about this one because hey, we've man. got we've got so many people around us that that are well-meaning, well-intentioned, that love us, that um, want to fix us, and they want to jump in with suggestions. Um, that sometimes may be appropriate, many times are not, and um, it really muddies the water. We, we need to own it. This journey that I'm on is mine.
3: And that's so important because, you know, well-meaning or otherwise, what when other people try to influence your healing journey or start out sentences with at least, or you should, or you shouldn't, or why aren't you? It causes the person on the listening end of that sage wisdom to doubt themselves. And you, first of all, you got to be really careful who you're listening to. And we'll, we'll probably touch on that later on in the show. But what other people are doing is they are using their framework to try and couch your healing journey. And the big problem with that is they aren't you. That's a huge issue. You're, you're you, they are them. And they are using what they think would be the way that they would react or the the healing journey that they would design to influence you. And the fact is they're not in your skin, in your body, in your house, living your life, in your shoes, with your set of circumstances. So owning your own healing journey is incredibly important and it's you know that that sounds obvious but the sad part is is I spent a lot of time pointing out this what should be obvious fact your healing journey doesn't belong to anyone else and it can't your healing journey also it can't be compared to anybody else or any other experiences including people who are in the same boat as you you even you know I, I was widowed. I never once compared my healing journey to that of other widowed, but boy, does it go on in our community a lot. Every experience is unique. It's individual, which means it's not subject to comparison. Your healing journey is not fast and it's not easy. You can't hurry your recovery. And there's going to be a lot of people around you who wish you would because they don't want to have to deal with all of this muddy water and flux, and limbo.
0: Yeah, they're uncomfortable, aren't they?
3: Of course. Everybody's uncomfortable with pain or grief, or it's icky. It's, it's you know, it's, it's not fun. It's, it's not happy. So let's not deal with it. Well, that's not helpful. No. So what we need to do is truthfully honor however and whatever we're feeling, rather than let the opinions that surround around us dictate how we should be feeling, or what we should be doing. We have to honor, pay honor to how we're feeling at any given moment. And especially during a time of loss, those feelings are all over the place. It's not linear, it is not point A to point B. And you have to honor where you are in the moment.
0: Yeah, I had friends back in uh, 2000 that had encouraged me to go to uh, my class reunion that was taking place that year. That was the same year that my wife and I uh, had separated, and I was still going through a lot of that stuff. And I simply didn't want to go to this, what would have been a celebration for most people, and have to go through, you know, person after person, trying to catch them up and saying, you know, I'm not doing too good, but I'm going to be okay eventually. And and uh, so I just said, yeah, I'm not going to go. So I skipped it that year.
3: And you are right to do so because, well, first of all, when when you go through a life altering event, and certainly divorce is, you know, that that's if it's, it, it's got to be in the top five, yeah, uh, of, of traumatic events. Um, it is exhausting to tell the same story over and over, whether it's you know you've lost someone, or somebody in your life is very ill, or you've suffered a divorce, or what it is, it's it's psychologically exhausting. To have to go through that over and over again, and at a reunion, that's what we ha- that's what we do. We are re- we are rehashing our lives, and that's normal and that's fine. But the great thing is is that for most of us, reunions come along every five years. I just celebrated my reunion last summer.
0: Which was your 10th uh, reunion?
3: I love you. <laughs> 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 for all you from Lakewood High School that are listening right now, quit laughing. I can completely hear you. Um, thank you for that. But you know, when when I lost my husband, which was uh, uh, which was also in 2000, and they had started a, and it's still going on uh, to, uh, up to now, an annual all alumni picnic. It wasn't just one class. It was it's all alumni. I didn't go. And I didn't go for a very long time after that because just the thought of facing a phalanx of people and having to explain what happened and how he was diagnosed and how and the the journey and the it was was exhausting to even think about. Mm -hmm. So you're right to honor where you were in that moment for that reason. It was a wise decision on your part.
0: Thank you. Uh, We've all got to realize that our journey is particular uh, to each of us, and um, you're going to have folks, you're going to have well-meaning people out there saying stuff like, um, you should be over him or her, and or, oh, I thought you'd be done with that, whatever it is, if it was a a physical situation, if it was a health situation, um, and one of the worst things, of course, if, if you've gone through a health crisis, um, you'd love to have people show empathy, but sometimes what people want to do is they want to tell you about their aches and pains.
3: <laughs> well, that, and that's usually preceded by, I know how you feel. Mm-hmm. Because when I went through my divorce, or when I lost my spouse, or when I was diagnosed with thus and such, and that's the problem with the whole, I know how you feel phenomenon. What people which you just pointed out, what, while people might be trying to empathize by relating their own experience with, with what actually is happening is they are shifting the spotlight from the person in immediate need back on themselves, and that's wrong. It's not the time for spotlight shifting. We need to keep the spotlight where it belongs on the person who's in immediate need of sharing this, this issue. There's, there's lots of other ways to show that you get it, that you understand, that you've been there, while keeping the spotlight where it belongs. I do it every day. I mean, it's my job to do that. You know, I don't automatically interject with my my tale of woe, whatever that tale happens to be. You know, I'll say, you know, I get it, or boy, do I understand, or, or what have you. And now I've, I've just related my empathy and my sympathy and my concern, but I've kept the spotlight off of because when I went through it, thus and such. Mm-hmm. That's an important point.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, th- this is a new year, a new year. Excuse me, I'll repeat that. This is a new year, a new you. There we go. We have the uh, what sounds like a chainsaw operating downstairs in a garage, Carol. So I don't know if that's coming over the microphone. I'm not hearing
3: it at all. I'm not. I'm, you guys are, ca- are coming off perfectly fine. Okay, I'm not good. Not hearing it at all. So it's on your end.
0: Good. Um, We're talking about a new year, a new you. Resolution number three, be kind to myself in all respects.
3: That's so important because we're just not good at doing that. And ladies, you especially, have a hard time with paying attention to ourselves. We're calling it self-care these days. But this is a phenomenon that's been going on for a long time. It... Being kind to yourself starts with the simple things, eating when your body asks you for food, and no, Diet Coke and double-stuffed Oreos do not count as food. I'm sorry, they don't. Um, It involves sleeping when your body needs rest, and rejuvenating yourself through whatever healthy pursuits fill your soul. Scott, what healthy pursuit fills your soul, besides the radio program? What fills your soul?
0: Playing guitar, I knew you were going to sure. say that.
3: <laughs> 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 it's so fun to turn the tables on the interviewer. I, that, that's fun, but no, I, and I know that you are quite the musician. But that—that's—that is your soul filler, absolutely. For yeah. me, it is jumping around to really awesome music at the gym. That—that uh, that fills my soul, and I love breaking a sweat and. My buddies there, and I just I love that. Uh, time with my family fills my soul. Uh, these are all pursuits that are not only okay to pursue, I think they're fundamentally necessary to pursue. Because when you are resolving to be kind to yourself, you are then a better friend, a better partner, a better spouse, a better parent, a better child a better employee, it all starts with you. Your, our self-talk tends to be negative. Again, ladies tend to be more guilty of it, whether it's, you know, do these jeans make me look fat or I'm so stupid for leaving the coupons at home on the counter. I do or that every
0: single time on grocery shops.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and do you call yourself an idiot or dumb or... You know, I'm losing it. Do you you run yourself down when you do that?
0: Oh, yeah. In fact, my right hand got tired of hitting myself in the forehead, so now I'm using my left hand.
3: (laughs) Well, we have to stop that. You know, you left your coupons on the counter. Big deal. Guess what? You can get in your car and go home and get them if it's that important. Or you can save them for next time. But to, to run yourself down constantly or to allow others to do that to you, that's just not right. And again, it's going to keep you in a place of negativity. Your self-talk has to be faultless. It's gotta be uplifting. And on the days that you don't believe in yourself, or in your ability, or in your, in your promise of healing, when you don't believe in yourself, you make sure that you turn to the people who are gonna breathe belief into you. Don't turn to people who are gonna try to keep you down. Don't turn to people who are going to bring you down and try and keep you there. Don't do that. You have got to create an environment that is uplifting as much of the time as is humanly possible.
0: If somebody has gone through a a health crisis uh, and they are either still in the throes of that or they've emerged on the other side, they deal with also a psychological issue that I think is prevalent in our society, if you,
3: I not only get it from people, but I, in, a, in kind of a, uh, a, a second-person-once-removed way, went through it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, when my late husband, Mike, was first diagnosed with okay. ALS. Awesome. Um, thank you. Um, in fact, it was just his Angelversary this past week. Oh, how wonderful, um, Carol. Um, uh, yeah. Um, it was a time of tremendous anger on my part. And in, in some respects more so than his. And I saw it as some kind of retribution or punishment from from God. And uh and I don't usually get preachy, but I'm going to this is just a personal story. Uh the day that he was diagnosed, it happened to be uh during the High Holy Days. I'm Jewish. And That morning, he was diagnosed. That evening, I was supposed to be in synagogue. And I went to synagogue, and I was just angry. I was just full-on, flat-out, no two ways about it, angry. And my reasoning was that I'd spent all my life trying to do everything right. I was a good student. I was a good daughter. I was a good Jew. I I became a good employee. I eventually, I'd like to think, became a good mother. I married one of the finest human beings I've ever known. He dedicated 28 years of his life to service to the community in a city that, you know, wasn't exactly the safest or the easiest to work in.
0: Yeah, he was a police officer,
3: wasn't he? He was. He was a police officer here in Southern California. He was very high profile, set national records in the seizures of drug and drug money. And before that, he put on a uniform in representing this country and did two tours in Vietnam. And this was the reward for all of that. This was the reward. And I saw that as some kind of punishment, and I was mad. Boy, was I angry. But fortunately, somewhere in all that anger, I still managed to keep an open mind and an open heart. And what I did was I turned back to my own faith, and I did some education, uh, self-educating, and I finally figured out that it wasn't God or the universe or any other perceived higher power. Nobody was thinking of a way to mess with the Fleet family. It's just that sometimes in the lottery of life, we draw a ticket that isn't the winner. We draw a ticket that isn't happily ever after. Not the way we've perceived it anyway. And all we can really do in a situation like that is deal with what we've been handed in the best ways possible. And seek out positive ways to do that. Now, I'm not saying that I, I learned all this and the skies parted and the angels sang, and usually in my head it's the hallelujah chorus <laughs> when they <laughs> or ode to joy. <laughs> but um it it did help me understand and embrace what was going on. And it eventually brought me back to my own faith in a stronger way. Mm -hmm. And that's what I invite other people to do, to reconcile with their own, you know, losing lottery tickets. Mm -hmm. Is that this has has happened. This is what I've been given. How am I going to deal with it in a positive way? And it doesn't mean that the results change, because obviously for us, they weren't going to. The, the outcome was still going to be the same. But at least I I could let go of the anger, which made me physically and emotionally and ment- mentally healthier. And it also allowed me to help a then 9-year-old child deal with the diagnosis that her daddy was facing.
0: We've got more. That's
3: a really long answer to what you had, what you said.
0: No, that was that was beautiful. We're going to come back to, to this also, Carol. Uh, this is Scott Colborne with Jim Shorty. Our special guest is Carol Fleet, and Carol's the author of a brand new book. Uh, we were privileged to talk to her last October about this. It's called "Loss," is a four-letter word, a bereavement boot camp for the widowed. Um, here's a fun. You're going to remember this website just because it's so fun. Ready for this? Widowswearstilettos.com. And uh, I think that'll be fun for you to to check out. There's a a lot of stuff going on there. You'll also find Carol Fleet on on Facebook. And you're going to find her here right after the top of the hour break here. Uh, Again, folks, we're grateful for you guys and gals being out there. Uh, at 34-plus years, now at the helm of the show, it's so fun to talk to people like Carol every week and know that that we're able to reach a lot of you out there, no matter if you're at the home or your workplace, and hopefully impart some things that, that really help you and are a benefit to you. It may be personal discovery It may be extraordinary experiences, but we always try to have people on like Carol uh, that we're going to say, boy, I'm glad I listened. So guys and gals out there, we really appreciate you. Thank you so much for all that you do. And stay tuned for more conversation with Carol Fleet right after this.
1: Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM H D.
4: Support for KZUM comes from family-owned and operated Butheris Mason Love Funeral Home at 40th and A Streets in Lincoln, offering services that allow families to plan ahead according to personal wishes, chapel
0: facilities to accommodate all faiths, and grief support materials for the family following a service. More information is available at 402-488-0934 and online at bmlfh.com.
4: Another Festivus Miracle! Give a gift to your entire community this holiday season. Making a year-end contribution now will help KZUM off to a great start in 2019 and carry over the momentum you've helped us build this year. In 2018, you've helped KZUM create 87 performance opportunities for Nebraska musicians, sponsor 82 local community events, cover over 200 local concerts and events at KZUM.org, offer free airtime to over 60 local nonprofits, and provide 12 individuals with internships. Help sustain this work and so much more into the new year. Give now at KZUM.org. Support for KZUM comes from the Haymarket Farmers Market, thanking its patrons and vendors for this past season. Vendor inquiries for the 2019 season at 402-435-7496 and lincolnhaymarket.org. The full moon
5: lights the silver rails winding around dark mountains and over steep gorges of jagged rock and one freezing cold rushing Black Mountain River. I wish there was enough time to describe all of the funny twists and turns that led up to now, but there isn't enough time because there's a ticking clock and the two passengers we care most about don't know anything about it. To see what happens next, visit read.gov to read The Exquisite Corpse, a riveting adventure pieced together by John Shuska, Shannon Hale, Daniel Handler, and other popular authors. Explore new worlds. Read. Brought to you by the Library of Congress and the Ad Council. Far from the din of commercial culture, and just this side of the abstract, is a place I call Mesoterra. I'm Vic Valverde, your tour guide for an eclectic musical excursion on a program called Mesoterra. Saturdays, 12 noon until 1.30, right here on KZUM.
0: Scott Colborne with Exploring Unexplained Phenomena. Our special guest is Carol Fleet. And uh, I've got a book that we'll probably get into here in a little bit in terms of the uh, getting through the, the holidays, there's a chapter in here about celebrations and holidays. The book is Happily Even After A Guide to Getting Through and Beyond the Grief of Widowhood. Carol, I I just told Jim this, I'm curious, uh, with everything that you've gone through personally, uh, the many mountains and hills that you've climbed, and that you've, through such an open big heart of yours, that you've helped so many people with grief and recovery, what what fills your cup besides coffee? How do you how do you keep on going? Because you are always up. You're, you're uplifting. What's the
3: secret, Carol? Well, thank you for all that. Um, here's the big secret reveal. I'm not always up. That's that is physically impossible for anybody. Is uh, is to always be up? Because um, you know, I in one of the books I talk about putting on a front which many of us feel the need to do. And sometimes it's necessary. We have to put on a front because we are uh, at work or we are at our kids' school or we are hosting a radio show or we are, in some form or fashion, we don't, we, we don't have the ability at the moment to give in to a down moment, bad news, uh, a new challenge. We all do that. But here's what what the problem is, a lot of us forget to take the front off. And I liken that, and this is for the the women out there, if, uh, you know, as you know, Scott, I I wear makeup. I wear just about every kind of makeup there is. I stopped short of spackle, but pretty much (laughs) I'm all about makeup. Now, what would happen if I didn't take that makeup off every night and I just kept piling more on? You know the skin underneath would suffer so let's take that example and apply it to putting on a front and always feeling the need to be up or on or however you want whatever preposition you want to use if you're if all you're doing is fronting the soul underneath is going to start to suffer so we need to take off those fronts periodically to give our souls a chance to breathe. And it's okay to acknowledge the fact that, you know what, today I'm feeling kind of quiet. I'm feeling a little down. I've, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, embrace those moments knowing that they are going to pass. Just like rainstorms and snowstorms pass. It might dump a lot of stuff on you in the, in the, in the moment, but they will pass. And that's how I look at it. Um, What fills my cup? Um, Paying attention to my spirituality, Mm -hmm. which I do. uh, I I try and do it more often, but at least once a week on Friday night, that's what I am doing. I am paying attention to my spirituality. And that helps me a, a great deal. And spirituality can encompass many different things. It does not have to encompass a building and a book and standing up and sitting down at proscribed times. What your spirituality can can involve a guru or a reiki master or a yogi or just you and your thoughts and a lovely scented candle because I also believe in the power of aroma. Uh you know that's what you have to determine. Again, I'm not I don't like to be preachy. I don't believe in being preachy, but this is a huge cup filler for a lot of people is, is just, is that time with you and what, who or what you perceive to be your higher power. It is what brings you a sense of peace in a world of chaos and certainly kind of chaotic times we're living in right now. Mm-hmm. So that, those are, that's just some of the, the ways that I personally, uh rejuvenate and kind of feed my soul so it equips me to go out and be that better wife the better mother the uh better advisor to people that are in a position of grief or challenge or loss Mm -hmm. because that that's that is part of my job too is you can't lean on a bowl of cooked spaghetti and my job is to not be that bowl of cooked spaghetti. Uh, that's for another time. I am, I am proud to serve a community, and I, need, I, I am obligated happily to be the best me that I can be so I can serve them as fully as possible.
0: One more thing to, to add on from my end here, and I think uh, I may be shadowing or echoing a lot of people out there that are listening right now, being kind to oneself means to be very, very careful about addiction in terms of alcohol or drugs and to understand that if there is pain going on, that one of the solutions that we all go for is to try to eliminate that pain. Mm -hmm. But drugs and alcohol... For many of us can mask the pain that's there without getting to or helping us to work through what is causing the pain. And when the drugs and alcohol wear off, the, the pain is still there. And so uh, just through a whole bunch of personal stuff, I won't go into the, the sort of details, I decided in 1983 to cease all the the use, the drugs and alcohol, and I was kind of Lincoln's version of Dr. Hunter S. Thompson, the gonzo journalist, Um, and uh, if there was something that was uh, uh, wacky, boy, I was on board with it, and so oftentimes I took myself to the brink, and I just finally realized that, damn it, I'm bored with getting high all the time. I'm I'm just darn bored with it, There has got to be something else, and I found that there was. So sometimes when we go through pain that could be uh, existential, it could be uh, philosophical, it could be theological, physical pain, Uh, be very, very careful, folks, about the choices that you make. Uh, The comedian Jerry Lewis had a series of back injuries when he was doing all those incredible dives and jumps and falls and things with Dean Martin on on television and the movies. He was his own stuntman and did all those things hundreds of times. Well, he messed his back up. So he began taking uh, Percodin and got totally wasted and addicted to that stuff. So folks, be really, really careful. What works for me, again, may not work for other people, but uh, I've, I've found that there is life after... Stopping using and sobriety is a wonderful thing because it leads to uh, serenity. Carol, any any two cents on your part for that?
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, in the in the new book, I for the first time was really able to deconstruct and get into what I call destructive coping. I've always, I've long talked about it. I've referred to it peripherally in, you know, thousands of interviews, but I didn't ever really get to break it down. And you hit on obviously some two very common ways of coping destructively, uh, alcohol and the use of drugs to include prescription drugs. The abuse of prescription drugs, unfortunately, uh, has been uh, on the rise. But, and, and there, there are other methods of, coping that are not to our best interest they are not healthy The the one thing that they all have in common scott you know alcohol drugs compulsive shopping compulsive sexual behavior compulsive gambling uh and more is that momentarily they all that all those things make us feel good momentarily you know we, we all feel good even feeling nothing feels better than feeling pain but like you said eventually the alcohol and the drugs wear off, or the credit card bill comes, or you've dumped everything into the slot machine, or, or you, uh, you spent time with Mr. or Miss right now, and the following day comes. And not only does the buzz or high or whatever it is, the rush, wear off, the pain is still there, and even a little bit worse. And so what do you do? You return to your chosen mechanism to continue to try to numb that pain. Facing pain head on isn't fun and it's not easy and it's, there's nothing fast about it. You know, I get very irritated when I when I see things like, you know, get over your pain in 30 days. And I've seen these things. Um I, I can't I can't make any promises along those lines. I, I would be superwoman if I could. But by facing the pain, by processing the pain, by deconstructing and going through the pain, you will come out the other side healthier. You'll come out stronger. You'll come out with a greater understanding of yourself that maybe you wouldn't have had without the experience. I'm not advising everybody to go out and find some pain. But once you are dealt a certain set of circumstances and you absorb the shock of those circumstances, then we move on to, okay, how are we going to handle this? And you surround yourself with the help that best speaks to you and the people who are going to best support you through it. That's what you do.
0: Resolution number four, <clears throat> realize that my identity and my self esteem have nothing to do with my marital status, my age, what I look like. By the way, I've got a face made for radio, my career, <laughs> my bank account, or any material accumulation. So your identity and self esteem have nothing to do with all those.
3: That's right. And the thing is, we we tend to tie all we tend to tie all of those things. Into our self-esteem. Do you, you notice that the most common resolutions, most common New Year's resolutions involve changing oneself. Mm-hmm. You know, your looks, your career, your love life, or, or, or what have you. I believe that your identity and your self-esteem come from within. And we have to understand that what others think of us is not nearly as important as what we think of ourselves. And, you know, and here's the one thing that was very tough for me to learn. It was recognizing that not everybody was going to love me. Not everybody was even going to like me. That not everybody's going to agree with what I do or how I go about doing it. But as long as I'm not hurting myself through destructive coping, and as long as I'm not hurting anybody else, and all of my obligations are met, I am going to pursue the life that I want to pursue in the ways that I see fit. And absolutely none of what I just said has to do with what I do for a living or my age or my, my marital status or what the number on the bathroom scale says. And yet we really tend to tie all those things up with how we think of ourselves and I think
0: has to stop. Mm -hmm. Here's a case in point, and I I don't want to be gender-specific or patriarchal because I think women, when you hear me out, you can easily flip this analogy to your perspective as well, but I have met um, incredibly beautiful women before that uh, take my breath away, make it hard for me to talk, around them because I just turned to mush, but there is something sometimes that comes from inside that person that after the first shock, I go, "Hmm, nope, that's not for me. Nope. I have met other women that have not been in that category. They're not drop dead, beautiful. They're not uh, glamour stars, but they radiate something from inside their being that. I and others are attracted to. And I think that's a case in point. Gals, you've got the same thing. Um, you'll see a guy that looks like he's walked out of GQ and you're struck by how handsome he is. But maybe when you hear part of the personality, you go, I want to spend about two minutes with him and then no way, <laughs> I'm done. Um, that's not to say that, that intelligent, attractive people aren't also charismatic. They have that that energy, because some of them do, but we need to look beyond sometimes. That surface is what I'm trying to say. There can be something about those people that radiates something that that we say I want more of. And flipping that around to the personal, you can do that as well by being true to yourself, uh, by being comfortable with who you are. Uh, the uh, wife of one of our ex-governors, her name was Ruthie Thone. She passed away recently. God bless you, Ruthie. She wrote a great book about women and weight issues. And uh, in my old bookstore, I carried that book and I applauded uh, Ruthie and her efforts because not so much for guys, but especially for women, oh my goodness, that bathroom scale or the chit chat that women go through. uh, Sometimes the uh, the comments that women will make to each other uh, that focus around having this—I I don't want to—I don't want to date Twiggy, which for a lot of you young people you won't know who that was, but that was a almost an anorexic model that you know I could take my hand and and close my first finger and my my thumb that would be you know her bicep, just a, a string bean. I don't I don't want to date somebody like that. So uh, it's especially hard for women that the identity, your self-esteem, is not connected to the bathroom scale.
3: I'm sitting here laughing because that's exactly what women do, the, 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 the large percentage of us. And I, and I will lump myself in with that. It took a while before I quit letting the bathroom scale dictate my mood for the day. Uh, But it is absolutely essential. And uh, and my my British husband informed me this morning, by the way, that Twiggy has just received a damehood. I'll be so. Yeah, so there you go. Um, But you're absolutely right, Scott, in that we uh, tie – and it has a lot to do with the environment that we're in today. You know, uh, 30 years ago – was bad enough with the commercials and the magazine print ads and, you know, dictating what the ideal woman should look like when we know that less than 1% of the population actually looks like that. Now, these days, you throw in things like selfies, which wasn't even a word 15 years ago, and you throw in social media, and then you throw in the filters and the Photoshop and all this stuff, and even, you know, the... You know, actors and actresses will come out and say, see that picture of me? That's not me." Yeah. They they will they will be absolutely, a hundred percent honest about it, and we have to remind ourselves that the images that are getting uh, that we're getting pelted with aren't real. They aren't true. I mean, they're airbrushing knees off of people. People have knees. It's a necessity, <laughs> and they're airbrushing them out because knees aren't attractive, apparently. Wow. So we yeah you know, we cannot let that become part of what dictates our self-worth, our self-esteem. Um how you know we we're going to allow others to uh to, to make opinions of us based on these things. You know, my mom many many years ago told me um you know if you're if you're pretty, if you're attractive, that's great, but 15 minutes after people get over that, you'd better have something to say. Yep. And that's exactly what you're saying, Scott. In more words, is that no matter what the person looks like on the outside, at some point in time they're going to open their mouths.
0: Yeah, and, I, then,
3: I, and then it becomes a, 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 a. Then it becomes about character.
0: Mm-hmm. I dated a woman about six years ago that was incredibly beautiful, uh, but the conversations that went any deeper than. Uh, what's for dinner, what do you want to do, We're just almost non-existent. And there was part of me that immediately said, um, okay, the, the beauty and the attraction is fun, but I, there's something that's not being met here. Something's lacking.
3: It's true. I mean, if somebody hands you, it, it might not mean the same to boys as it does to girls, but, you know, if you get something, a little teal blue box with a silver bow on it, mm-hmm. and it says Tiffany on the box, boy, is that exciting. And then you open the box and there's nothing inside the box. That's not fun. That's not – so it's the same thing. There's got to be something on the inside. And when we work on the inside and the inside radiates out, you are going to be the most attractive person in the room. And it doesn't matter. All the rest of it doesn't matter. All the makeup in the world doesn't compensate for lack of character. Lack of integrity, lack of decency, lack of uh, curiosity about the world around you. It doesn't, won't compensate for a lack of humanity or empathy. It, it, it simply doesn't matter at, at, the, at the end of the day. I am far more concerned with a person, uh, their, their intellectual curiosity, their, their curiosity about the world around them, what they have to offer, what they want to offer. And that has nothing to do with a checkbook balance, or what they look like, or what they do for a living, or what kind of car they get into every day.
0: Folks, this is Carol Fleet, and she's the author of a brand new book that came out this fall. Loss is a four-letter word, a bereavement boot camp for the widowed. Her website is widowswearstilettos.com. And when we come back, we're going to condense a number of these resolutions so that we can get to holidays and celebrations and things. But this is one, when we come back, one of the resolutions I want to talk about. Everybody that's listening right now has in your periphery, either in your family or in your neighborhood, in your workplace, a toxic person and how we choose to limit time with the energy drainers or toxic people. We'll come back and talk about that with Carol Fleet. Jim Shorty's here. I'm Scott Colborn. And, of course, you guys and gals are out there. Thank you to all you folks who've been listening for weeks, months, for years to not only exploring unexplained phenomena for 34-plus years, but to this incredible radio station, KZUM Radio, independent, nonprofit, non-commercial, just the way you like it. I always say, Jim, that that the folks that listen to Exploring Unexplained Phenomena, we love the space between their ears. Mm-hmm. And we'll be right back with conversation with Carol Fleet right after this.
1: Voice of the Blues in Lincoln, Nebraska, KZUM Lincoln, and KZUM HD.
4: Support for This Week in Lincoln comes from the Bay, the Bourbon Theater, Duffy's Tavern, and the Zoo Bar. This is live music happening This Week in Lincoln. On Saturday, December 29th, Josh Hoyer and Soul Colossal start at 6 at the Zoo Bar, followed at 9.30 by Red Cities with Misfire and Dark Satellites. That's live music coming to stages this week in Lincoln. My name is Manny Morales. I'm 45 and I coach youth football. It's still hard to believe because the high school me was a work in progress. But big brothers, big sisters give me a real role model. And the young me neither a role model bad. My bigger brother's name is Ray. And Ray is the reason that this 7-year-old grows up to be a role model himself.
1: Whether you donate money or time, you're helping Big Brothers Big Sisters help a child. Start something today at BigBrothersBigSisters.org. Brought to you by Big Brothers Big Sisters and the Ad Council.
5: Far from the din of commercial culture and just this side of the abstract is a place I call Mesoterra. I'm Vic Valverde, your tour guide for an eclectic musical excursion on a program called Mesoterra. Saturdays, 12 noon until one thirty, right here on KZUM.
0: Our last show of 2018, and it's with our friend Carol Fleet. Carol makes her home on the uh, West Coast, and she talks to, lectures, and assists people all over the world uh, in events both online as well as personal events and speaking engagements. She's the author of, I believe it's four books, one, two, three, four, and many articles. She's been on um, hundreds of radio and TV shows. And this is another resolution, Carol, that we could spend um, numerous shows on. How to limit time with energy drainers or Toxic people, <laughs> and you got you got to recognize them, right? Because they're out there. You,
3: absolutely, and everybody has at least one. And the funny thing is, when whenever I do personal appearances and I start talking about energy givers and energy drainers, you can well, as soon as I bring up the term, you could you can look in people's faces and see the wheels turning, but everybody's thinking hmm. about energy drainers. Nobody automatically goes, "Oh yeah this person is so positive in my life no they all go to that one toxic person they all go to the mushroom that's growing in the rose bush And it's kind of funny in a way that everybody just immediately goes toward the negative but it's it's true let's let's first break down what Scott and I are talking about with energy givers and energy trainers start with the energy givers Scott Colburn energy. Giver, you know, well, you. Uh, super, superstar Jim, energy giver. They're well, fantastic. You. They, well, you are. Um, <laughs> these are the people in your life that for whom you are better for having spent time in their space. Okay. They are, they're positive. They're super enthusiastic. Their attitude is, is contagious. You know, and it doesn't mean that energy givers don't have bad days or challenges of their own. They just don't lend a whole lot of power to negativity. They address the problem, they deal with the problem, and then they move on. They don't let that problem define them for life. Now, on the other hand, energy drainers are just that. They're draining. If you spend enough time with an energy drainer, you're going to feel like somebody let all the air out of your tires. <laughs> and think about having to, to operate a car with no air in the tires. That's how you feel. When you ask them how they are, when you say, hey, how are you, they're going to tell you. And it's never good. I don't care, you know, hey, how you doing? It's Their job stinks. Um, they have every ailment in the world all of the time. The dog has fleas. Um, and they're they're always, always tired. Um, One of my favorite analogies, we've all heard the, you know, the glass is half empty, the glass is half full analogy. We've all grown up with that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, with an energy drainer, their glass is just half empty, okay? The glass has an old cigarette butt in the bottom, and it's full of dribble holes, and there's a lipstick stain, and the glass is ugly, and that's who they are. That's what an energy energy drainer is.
0: And Carol, it's somebody else's fault. (laughs) Always. (laughs) Always, yeah.
3: Always, don't ever accept responsibility uh, for anything. You know, no, no, the buck stops way over there. It doesn't stop here. Well, being see, and, around.
1: And, and as a problem solver, I kind of look at it like that glass is twice as big as it needs to be.
3: Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Okay, steel cool line from Jim. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> being around an energy drainer will bring you down. And they will keep you down. You have to get away from them. Now, I know that sounds really easy. You know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's not easy. You know, you might work with an energy drainer. You might be friends with one or two of them. And a lot of us are related to them. You know, if you can't get, if you can't get away from them entirely, try to limit your time with them. And you must certainly limit any influence that you're allowing them to have on you. And then you get yourself around your energy givers as fast as you can. You know, uh, I've always, uh, I, I love this analogy. Uh, when it comes to your healing journey, again, whatever it is you're healing from, you have to be very cautious about the people that you share your healing journey with or any aspect of it. My favorite analogy is this. If you have a beautiful 16 by 20 picture... And you want to get it framed. Are you going to go out and tell a framer to put it in a 3x5 frame? No. That's a ridiculous analogy. So why would you share your 16x20 healing journey with somebody who has a 3x5 mind and a 3x5 heart? That's what an energy trainer is. They aren't going to help take you to the place that you want to go. And if they're not going to be part of the solution, then they're part of your problem. Now, I, I do want to be clear about something. Energy drainers don't necessarily want to be hurtful. They, that that's, might not be their intention. But they don't necessarily want to help you either. You know, when they say misery loves company, it's absolutely true. Energy drainers don't want you to succeed because they've chosen to be unsuccessful. They don't want you to be happy because they have chosen unhappiness. They want you to decide the same way they're deciding. Well put. And it's so vitally important to protect yourself from the influence of energy drainers. You spend as little time with them as you can get away with. You certainly don't let them become any kind of an influence or factor on your healing journey. And then you get yourself around the people that are going to help Take you where
0: you want to go. Continue to be proactive on the healing journey that we are all on as individuals rather than simply waiting to feel better. Acknowledge that it's not a sign of strength to try and heal alone, nor is it a sign of weakness to seek help. Understand that when I actually pay attention to and affect these positive resolutions. I will become a more productive and stronger, and then the blank would be parent, child, sibling, friend, employee, employer, and person. And uh, this uh, last resolution is really powerful. I acknowledge the certain truth that while my loss or life adversity has definitely shaped me, it does not now, nor will it ever define me. You know, that that old saying about the measure of a man is not whether or not he's knocked down, but it's when and how he gets backed up. It's the same thing for a woman. You know, it's not a question of whether or not we've taken a blow, but it's how we get back up.
3: That's absolutely right. And I think it is the the most important resolution. Even if you don't pay attention to anything else that we've been talking about today, pay attention to this. You don't have to be defined by tragedy. You don't have to be defined by loss, whatever it is that you have lost. That doesn't have to become what couches your life going forward. You don't have to be defined by a a destiny that isn't of your choosing. You can choose to define who you are, who and what you wish to become and the legacies that you're going to carry forward. Nobody is meant to live in a place of emotional poverty or tragedy. We're not meant to stay there. And we have the power to change that. We can't control most lost circumstances. We don't have that control, but we can control is our reaction to those circumstances. And what a powerful thought that is. Mm-hmm. You know, loss always makes us feel a little out of control because, because you can't control life and death. You know, if you work for somebody else, you can't control a job loss. You know, we just went through the worst wildfires that California has ever seen oh, in modern goodness. times. Um, it, it, it was absolutely horrendous. I tragically, I, a lot of us know at least one person mm-hmm. who has lost a home or a business or both we can't we we can't control that. They could not control the fires. They could not control what happened to them. What they can control is the reaction. How they're going to go forward. In the in the midst of the chaos that you are feeling during a time of loss, you can seize control. That control starts out small. It starts out by deciding that yes, it is okay to go to a movie and laugh. But as time starts to go on and you begin to gather the tools that are going to help you heal, and those tools take many different forms, you are taking control over a situation that you have likely had no control. And now you are defining who you are. You're not letting the circumstance define who and what you are. I was not... Widowhood became a part of me. It still is and it always will be. But it did not define me because I was not going to have my life or a body of work or my legacy defined beginning, middle, and end by the fact that I was widowed. It becomes a factor in your life. It does not become the foundation of your life, and that is the most important resolution of all.
0: Many of you folks, as you uh, entered December, especially if you're on social media like Facebook, began to see comments from friends and family members about their reluctance to embrace the holidays. And it was phrased in a whole variety of ways. Uh, Obviously, there is a reaction there from many, many people uh, to the holidays, uh, to... Hanukkah to Christmas to New Year's, the celebrations that many of us uh, approach joyfully for other people, it, uh, is, it brings up a lot of pain. So let's close the program, Carol, and talk about um, coping with the holidays and coping with celebrations.
3: hmm Absolutely. And this one is personal to me mm-hmm. because... Uh, I lost Mike six days before Christmas, right in the middle of Hanukkah. God We're nice an interfaith you. family, uh, and the holidays have always been kind of on the quieter side. Uh, since his death, um, we've sadly added uh, more loss to our in the holiday period with the loss of uh, my father-in-law. Uh, I remarried in two thousand nine, and my beloved father-in-law passed uh, one year ago this past Christmas Eve. Uh, yesterday we remembered the heavenly birthday of my very best friend. So you can see that there's, that there's a whole lot of emotional upheaval in our personal holidays. What is absolutely vitally important is that you turn into you Tune into how you're feeling and what you feel like doing because that can change from year to year as the, what we call the angelversary rolls around. If you're in any kind of a lost situation, it's human nature for the people that are closest to you to, to try and jolly you out of that place. And, that, and that's, that's part of the, the well-intention that Scott was talking about at the top of the show. Don't feel obligated to be jolly. If you don't feel like celebrating, don't. Um, understand that there's a difference between celebrating a holiday and observing a holiday. You can observe a holiday without uh, putting on a party hat or being in crowds of people or, you know, going out and painting the town. You can quietly observe the holidays in ways that will fill that cup and give you a sense of warmth and peace. And not a sense of, oh my gosh, I've got to face people. Because that can be overwhelming.
0: There is an exhilaration that one feels when you start to get in touch with yourself, with, with the things we've been talking about, that there is uh, the ability for each one of us to change in ways that are uh, healthy, that are appropriate, that are life-affirming, that are vital. Uh, We don't need to choose to be mired into old ways of being, old sets of belief that are limiting. At the same time, we need to honor each of our paths. And one person's healing journey may be in terms of Time may be short duration, another person may be long. Um, Carol, if we've got somebody that is in our family or friends or our our environment that is um, struggling, what can we do as we love them? Can we maybe a good idea might be just to simply say, Can we hang out? And maybe just be the person that's there sitting on the couch not saying much, just, just there.
3: Exactly. Exactly. What a great idea. I've always advocating proactivity. Don't tell somebody, call me if you need me, because the call is not going to come. No. For people who are dealing with some kind, any kind of loss or challenge, that phone weighs 500 pounds and they are not going to try and pick it up and Make themselves a burden because that's how you perceive yourself, mm-hmm. as a burden, as a downer, as somebody that no one wants to be around. Be, be proactive in somebody's life. Say, hey, I want to hang out with you on this day or at this time. Or what are you doing on New Year's? Let's hang out. And then be prepared to listen a lot, to understand, to wipe away a tear, or just be quiet. We don't always have to fill up the silence with noise or electronics, or distraction. Just be there. Open up the conversation. You know, it's been X amount of time since you lost this person, your job. How are you feeling? And then be prepared to receive how somebody is authentically, organically feeling. That's the greatest gift you can give to somebody in pain. Mm -hmm. And it's a gift that not enough people are prepared to give or even know how to give.
0: Whether it's the synagogue or the church, um, there are a community of believers out there that each of you can also choose to be a part of. Um, It may be vitally important for each one of us to get out in the world. Uh, Sometimes just going to the grocery store can be a difficult task for people when they're in mental, emotional pain, but... You can be with a community of believers of like mind and spirit. And I think there's a synergistic energy present that helps lift everybody up. Um, and that's been, I think, a, an important part of my own journey. Carol, uh, it, it's time that we, that we end our, our conversation. I want you to know how much I appreciate you and the work that you do. Uh, there are thousands of people listening Both live as well as through the archive of today's program, and it's my sure knowledge that you've helped so many people by just simply being Carol Fleet. So I appreciate you.
3: Well, thank you so much. I, you know, how much I I appreciate you, the show, the I mean, the wonderful programming. It's been and it is continues to be such a joy to work with you for these last I think seven or eight years that we have been hanging out together, you and I. Um, I just checked and today actually marks my 1,200th radio show appearance. And <laughs> wow. I can't think of anybody <laughs> that I would rather cross that milestone with. Wow. So I, I am so grateful to both of you to for allowing me uh, this platform and this time to reach people in need because remember our collective job is to reach that one person who feels all alone and in despair and like there's no help and to for you to help deliver our messages of healing and hope is such a great gift and I thank you for that so sincerely
0: so the, the grief can be uh, losing one's job grief can be uh, a health crisis it can be something familiar, something happening within your family. Uh, it can be a relationship that has uh, turned. There are a number of things that we experience as life events, uh, and I can think of nobody besides Carol. There is like distant seconds or thirds, but she is the best at helping people to recognize, understand, to integrate and cope with grief and to emerge on the other side not by forgetting our past but by incorporating that and then moving forward because there's still for each one of us is a wonderful adventure that awaits. Carol, happy new year and let's do this again.
3: Let's absolutely do this again and happy happy 2019 to both of you.
0: Right back at you. Carol Fleet she's the author of four books you'll find more information on her website widowswearstilettos.com and you'll also find carol fleet that's c-a-r-o-l-e carol fleet on facebook loss is a four-letter word a bereavement boot camp for the widowed is her most recent book thanks again to carol brody fleet for being with us today our final program of 2018. Um, who's up next week, Jim?
1: One of the happiest guys I know, or gals I know. Um, Patty Conklin.
0: Patty Conklin. Patty's on a cruise ship right now, and she just went through 30-foot swells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was sitting down when I read that. Mm-hmm. I kind of so held onto the counter as I read that. Wow.
1: Here, here's hoping
0: she's feeling okay. Yeah, she says that, that it doesn't affect her, but there are other people on board that sure, it, yeah, it, it were. Yeah. So we hope to talk with her next week, our first program of 2019. And uh, so in closing, folks, again, I'd like to thank you so much for being part of this wonderful Saturday morning. Uh, Jim and I, it gives us a chance to talk with such interesting people like Carol Fleet to drink uh, good, strong mm-hmm. coffee. Good coffee. And uh, to know that that... You folks are out there, so uh, you're part of the Exploring Unexplained Phenomena family. We appreciate you all very, very much, and uh, let's do this again. Yeah. Stay tuned for Vic and Mesoterra. Speaking of happy guys. He's coming up next. He's got a great music program, his final music program of 2018 as well. Yeah. So thanks again for listening. Thanks to Carol Fleet. And until next year, Walk in Beauty.